Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Extraordinary with me, James Wallace, the podcast that shines a light on ordinary people doing extraordinary things. However, in this episode, for the second episode in a row, I'm going to do something slightly different and veer us away from the standard interview format and talk about three things that I think we should all be doing in 2022 to make us happier and healthier human beings. Now, it's this time of year where we typically sit back, reflect on the year just gone by, and we think about all the things that we want to achieve in the year ahead. And in the past, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I've ended up writing a very long list of all the things that I want to achieve. And I go down to quite granular detail, such as doing 10,000 steps every day, making sure I stretch for 15 minutes every day, going to the gym three or four times a week. The list goes on and on and on. However, this year, based on all the books and all the podcasts, that I've listened to over the last few weeks on annual leave, I've come up with three manifestations almost rather than resolutions that I really want to achieve in the year ahead. So I hope you will enjoy this podcast. I hope it will give you some food for thought and it will help you try and become a better person and more crucially, a happier person in 2022. Uh, So before I get into it, if you do enjoy the show, please make sure to subscribe and like from wherever you're listening from. Uh, Please don't forget to share with friends and family if you do enjoy it and of course give me a thumbs up on instagram as well so without further ado let's get on with it so the first and potentially the most important point that i think we should talk about and we should strive to do more of in 2022 is self-love now self-love is one of those concepts that i think triggers a lot of people and it starts making people scratch their heads and really question what on earth does that mean like do you look in the mirror every day and say you look fit you look great uh take a selfie upload it on instagram no that's not what self-love means self-love to me is feeling completely comfortable in your own skin not looking for validation from anyone else be it irrelevant people that you don't actually know or like on social media friends and family your partner your work whatever it's literally feeling comfortable in your own skin and knowing that no one else or nothing else needs to validate you and finally it's being able to say yes to the things that bring you joy and no to the things that don't that really is self-love that is self-care it's putting yourself first or putting your needs first and that doesn't mean being entirely selfish it means being in tune with what makes you happy because I think if we really sat back and reflected on the previous year or on our own lives more generally you would start to realize that we do a lot of things that don't actually make us happy if that's going to a certain event that you felt coerced into going to Or even if it's when you're out for dinner and your friends are encouraging you to order the burger instead of the salad, which you know will deep down make you a bit happier and make you feel a bit less guilty later that evening or even the next day. So then we can start trying to think about self-love being associated with self-discipline. And self-discipline naturally will conjure up more negative images because when we think about discipline we think about those rules that we try to put on ourselves like waking up at six o'clock in the morning like doing 10,000 steps a day like going to the gym and doing the best session of your life and it's all of that hustle culture that we see on Instagram that I think puts us under lots and lots of pressure so for me one of the forms
forms of self-care that I want to start doing more in 2022 is actually saying, yes, going to the gym will make you feel better, will make you happier in the long run, even if it's difficult. But actually, if you don't go every single day, that's also okay too. Like, don't be too hard on yourself. That is also self-care just as much as it is actually physically going to the gym as well. Another situation which I find myself in quite a lot is those moments when a friend or a colleague will reach out to you on a Monday or a Tuesday evening or maybe even a Wednesday evening and say, hey James, I haven't seen you in a while. It would be great to catch up. Let's grab a pizza and a couple of drinks after work. Um, It would be great to see you. Now, I'm one of those people that naturally loves to socialize. I'm an extrovert. I like to see my friends. Um, It's always nice to try new restaurants and go for a couple of drinks. It's great. But I also feel quite guilty when I do things like that because typically I would want an early night on the sofa I might want to finish a series on Netflix or something that I've been watching I might even want to record a podcast or do some planning or I just had other things to do so I'm faced with a dilemma to either say yeah mate sounds great I'll meet you at pizza pilgrims and we'll go for uh, a couple of drinks afterwards but that would make me feel so guilty not just because of the calories consumed but more so because of what I've not done so I think self-care when we talk about self-care it actually means that there will be compromises along the way so yes I will forego seeing that friend or colleague on that evening but it doesn't mean that I can't see them later in the week on the Saturday night or the Friday night where I don't feel as guilty and as pressured to be productive and you know make sure I've got a calorie deficit or I've done a couple of gym routines or indeed I finished that Netflix series but Also, it's understanding that missing out is actually a fact of life. You will feel better for not going. So I guess when we talk about self-care, you have to really ask yourself, am I going to feel better going to this event and having a pizza and having a couple of beers or whatever? Or will I feel better going home and doing nothing? Now, sometimes it might be going out for dinner, but sometimes, for me at least, in the middle of the week... I don't want to have a pizza and a couple of beers. So I'm going to get better in 2022, understanding that and really saying no when I don't want to do something. And if we really thought about it, we would understand that the road to long-term happiness really does stem from a routine of self-care and self-discipline. If you really want to achieve those higher goals, maybe it's a promotion, maybe it's a job change, maybe it's weight loss, maybe it's being healthier and fitter, you will have to miss out on some things. You will have to forego experiences. You might have to not see some friends. You might have to not see your family. You might not have to have the birthday cake at the events and when there are sweets and Krispy Kremes going around the office. You might have to say no. And that's okay. And that comes from control. And actually control is love, self-love. And as the saying goes, you can't love anyone else until you love yourself. So that is what I am going to be striving for in 2022. Hopefully you can see my logic and maybe that's something that you might want to try too over the next 12 months. To summarize, I'm going to practice self-love. I'm going to try and not seek validation from anyone else because if I love myself through sheer graft of self-control and self-discipline, I will be a happier and healthier person by the end of 2022. So that is resolution slash manifestation number one.
resolution slash manifestation number two. I can't quite work out if these are resolutions or manifestations, so I'm going to call them both for the time being. So the second one that I wanted to talk about, which is which is a continuation of the first one of self-love, is leaning in. Leaning into new experiences and growth opportunities. Try and get out of this concept of fixed mindsets when you say things like, oh no, I can't do that, it's not my skill set. Oh, I've never tried it. Why would I start now? I can't possibly apply for that job. I don't have the credentials. I can't possibly lift that heavy in the gym because I've never done a deadlift before. All of those things that we create in our head, the barriers that stop us from doing things. Sometimes it's imposter syndrome. Sometimes it's a fixed mindset that is simply just preventing you from developing. Now, I can use this podcast series as an example I literally was in the bath one day saying, I want to do a podcast. And then I was like, but you can't do a podcast. Who the hell are you? Who, what are you, what's your authority? What's your credibility? Who's going to listen to you? It's embarrassing. Shut up, James, grow up, find something else to do, find something that you're good at. Now, I, for whatever reason, talked myself out of that at the time and I just decided to design the artwork and I reached out to a couple of my mates literally two or three people and I think three or four days later I was recording episodes one two and three on those three consecutive days now I had no idea what I was doing I reached out to a couple of people who I knew who had done podcasts before I asked them their thoughts. I asked them if they would listen to me. Uh, I asked them about recording microphones and software. And to be honest, I didn't even listen to their advice because I did some Googling afterwards and I just found some free software online that I used at the time. And I didn't even buy a microphone to record podcasts for, professional podcasts for, until episode four. I didn't do any of my own editing. I outsourced it through fiverr.com and I just looked around and was like, right, how can I find ways to get this over the line and out the door? I had no idea what I was doing, but that experience of leaning into what could be was such a huge life lesson for me. I think it's always important to remember not to rush into things where there is a real risk that you can quite literally fuck up or mess things up for yourself and others. I think there is always a time and place for making smart decisions and really understanding what there is to lose. So in my case, starting a podcast, yeah, I had a little bit of pride and a bit of dignity that was on the line, but actually I had nothing to lose. I wasn't investing any money. Like I said, I didn't actually spend uh, money on a microphone or software or editing until I was on episode four. And then actually I've been investing ever since. So I've been making smart decisions with the podcast, which by the way, makes no money at all. It's a hobby. Um, along the way, it's the same with my photography. I'm a huge lover of photography. And for those that follow me will see that I have a separate photography account and it's something that I'm hugely, hugely passionate about and I enjoy. But I've been leaning into new experiences. I've been networking with other photographers on Instagram. Um, I've been watching plenty of YouTube videos and I'm trying to just become a better photographer through the sheer enjoyment of it all and I think there's something really powerful in just leaning into new things so whether it's the business you want to launch the podcast you want to start the Instagram account you've always thought about doing or the product you wanted to develop yeah of course think it through ask your network be resourceful but also just get it done and really think rationally about it is there anything to lose 
and is there lots potentially to gain? So many of us just procrastinate and we sit there scratching our heads and say, I'll do it tomorrow or I'll do it next week or maybe I'll start it next month or I can only do it if X, Y and Z happen. Again, back to the podcast. I had no editing software. I had no microphone and I had three guests and I just lent into it and I just thought, well, if I could do three, I could do another three. And actually I'm sat here now on episode 33 using the magic number three and I actually don't know who episode 34 is and that's okay because I'm just going to lean in and hope for the best fingers crossed so manifestation slash resolution number two lean into new experiences because only good things can happen So the third and final thing to start doing in 2022 is to stop victimizing yourself. Now, I appreciate that sounds incredibly negative and it goes against the grain of New Year's resolutions and all that kind of positivity, but it is a really, really important one. And I think so many of us fall into this role of victim that we should all endeavor to stop doing. Now, I'm sure we've all been there where we've had a falling out with a friend or a colleague or a manager or something has happened to us where we've really felt like we've been victimized. We've said, I can't believe this has happened to me. This always happens to me. Nothing ever goes my way. The world is against me and I am life's biggest victim. And of course, there are very, very valid reasons why people do play that role. And often there are really profound reasons behind it, such as childhood shame and childhood trauma. And there might be significant events that have happened in one's life that has made them feel a certain way. Now, I'm not going to go down that road, mainly because I am by no means qualified, uh, nor do I have the authority to talk to those issues. But I do want to talk about this concept that I came across recently, which is called the drama triangle. The drama triangle is a concept whereby whenever you are faced with human interactions, particularly when there is a disagreement, there are often three key roles that we play, which is the victim, the persecutor and the rescuer. And even just by saying those names, you can probably start to realize and think about which roles you might have played recently. And we often play all three roles all the time. Sometimes when a friend is coming to you for advice or they're telling you about how horrible their boyfriend or girlfriend or even mom manager all the kind of normal people that we like to whinge about and has has done them wrong you'll say oh my god I can't believe that happened to you you've done nothing wrong don't worry about it you're better than that you can do better than that all those kind of things that is you being the rescuer you are coming to save the day you can help them you're going to tell your friends what they want to hear and you think that will make them happy But actually, in truth, playing the role of the rescuer does nothing more than deepen the victim's sense of victimhood, if that makes any sense. So by you coming in to rescue them only validates their role as a victim. And let me tell you, no one wants to be the victim. It doesn't get you anywhere. And there's a difference between playing the role of victim and being vulnerable. Being vulnerable is okay because vulnerability has power you're in control when you're vulnerable you might be letting your guard down you might be opening up you might be communicating but playing the role of victim almost is a sense where you have given up all power 
and you are passive and you have no control and that is not a good place to be. So instead, with the help of leaning in, self-control, self-care, a growth mindset, what we can do is take responsibility and accept the fact that bad things have happened to us. And you might be in an incredibly difficult and in an incredibly shit situation. And we've all had plenty of those in the last 12 to 24 months, whether it's with lockdown, with family, with friends, with relationships, with dating. There's all these things that have happened to us that have been really, really shit. But playing the role of the victim doesn't actually get you anywhere. No one wins. Playing the role of the rescuer only helps validate and deepen the wounds that the victim is licking. So instead, the victim needs to become the creator How can we think creatively? How can we grow ourselves out of it? How can we just accept what has happened and moved on? And it's okay to say, yeah, this was shit or this happened to me. So long as you're constantly looking for new and creative and proactive ways to take yourself out of the role of victim. So one of the things that I think is a really good thing to do is think about all the different ways in which you can change your bad situation. Rather than running and looking for a rescuer, i.e. your best mate who tells you that he wasn't worth it or she wasn't worth it or you're better than that, get busy with how you can try and improve the situation even if it feels impossible. I also think we need to be more grateful for the things that we do have. I think more often than not, when you're playing the role of the victim, you're talking about all the things that you're lacking rather than all the things that you do have. And it really does shift your attention almost instantaneously away from a negative mindset into a positive one. So that, my friends, is the third and final must-have resolution and thing to do in 2022. And that brings us to the end of today's episode, which is all about three must-have resolutions for 2022. So to summarize, we are going to be much more loving and much more caring of ourselves. We're going to lean into new experiences and we're going to stop playing the victim. Like I said, I hope you found it useful. I certainly found it helpful going through all of those things and articulating all the things that I want to do in the year ahead. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, please rate it over on Apple Podcasts. If you're not following me already on Spotify, please click the follow button. And then after that, if you could go over to Instagram and follow the podcast account, um, extra underscore ordinary underscore podcast, that would be helpful too. But until next time, stay safe, take care, and I'll see you soon.